Does money cause you stress? When a new life situation arises, do you worry how that will affect your budget and cash flow? Managing money is not always easy, but learning how to plan, set, and adjust goals as needed can help keep stress to a minimum and your financial success on a steady course. Welcome to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. Your future plan starts right here. Here's Debbie. Hello, this is Debbie Peterson at Money Counts. I'm here with my partner, Nicole Maloney. And we are doing our show, our series called Unleashing Your Money's Hidden Potential, where we are trying to show you different ways that we have found working with our clients that they could maybe save some money and improve their cash flow by understanding the products that they buy better or the opportunities to uh, use some of the things they already have in different ways. We are going to be doing a two-part series uh, starting this week on life insurance and some of the topics that we will be covering will be the different types of life insurance, how they are taxed, what kind of added benefits you can have with those which are uh, called riders where you can improve the overall uh, product by adding additional features sometimes at additional costs and sometimes not. We will also talk with you about how much insurance that you might need, how to figure that out, and what purposes you might uh, want it to be used for. And then also survivor needs review. So if you're part of a family and you may be the income provider for the family or at least one of them, how do you determine what your family would need if you should pass away? unexpectedly, or even expectedly, I suppose. (laughs) So uh, our guest today is is Christopher Essex. He is the sales vice president for Pinnacle Insurance and Financial Services, and he's going to be doing most of the talking about the uh, main topic that we're on today, and Nicole and I will be asking him questions as he goes through his uh, presentation. And there will also be materials available on our website for you if you'd like to follow along with the written material. You can get that at www.moneycounts.biz. And you can also contact us with questions at mcradio at moneycounts.biz if there's something in this topic that you didn't understand or you would like to learn more about, we are available to talk with you on a one-on-one basis if you would like us to, and we would be happy to hear from you. And there's also the other episodes that we have done up until now have covered a, a number of topics that we hope you will be interested in. So if this is your first time with us, please go back and review some of the other subjects in the series. We covered uh, the difference between an IRA and a 401k. We covered finding money through better understanding of taxes, mortgages, credit cards, things like that. And we've also have a part of our series that's going to be devoted to health insurance, social security, Medicare issues, uh, topics like that that are very general in nature and where we get the most questions whenever we have uh, meetings with our own clients. So that's the purpose of this is to give you some education that you might not have been able to get in other places. 
And now we are going to hear from Chris about the benefits of life insurance and the topics that I mentioned earlier. Go ahead, Chris. All righty. Well, thanks for having me here today. I wanted to take a quick minute to kind of run through and take the mysticism out of life insurance. Um, I mean, when we look at life insurance, the main thing is what are the different types of life insurance that we have? Um, I'll start from the easiest to the most complex. Uh, The easiest coverage that you can actually get would be term life insurance. Uh, It's normally for a period of time. You're going to buy it normally to cover while the kids are in the home, while you have a mortgage, uh, cover a debt load that you're trying to get rid of. It does not build any cash value. The good news is you do retain your insurability if you have a health event. Uh, Most of the companies do have the ability to do what's called a conversion to permanent life insurance. But in essence, what you're doing, you're betting against the insurance company that you're going to die and they're saying you won't. And the actuaries are pretty good at what they're doing. So the main thing that you have to consider is, do you want life insurance in force when you actually pass? The bad news about term insurance is you're normally going to be that client that comes back to see us in 15, 20 years and says, oh, well, I didn't pay off my debt. I've got a new house. I've got a new vacation home or whatever it may be. And I want to look at converting that coverage. And instead of buying it today, you're probably looking at two or three times the initial premium that we might have shown you. The next probably, I would say, most simplistic type of coverage would be whole life. Uh, Whole life tends to be, in North Carolina and South Carolina specifically, the majority of life insurance is actually sold by property and casualty firms. You're going to see it sold from State Farm, Farm Bureau, nationwide. Uh, A lot of times what you'll see is very small face amounts. The basic premise of whole life is you pay a premium your whole life, you've got a guaranteed cash value, and you get what's called a dividend. Dividend sounds like a wonderful deal, but actually, in essence, it's a return of your unused premium. So at the end of the day, you may not be getting the best value for your dollars. Um, The next type of coverage that tends to be very popular is universal life. Universal life basically is using the fixed accounts of an insurance company and basically paying you some sort of a set interest rate. Normally, in the past, it might have been 10, 11, 12%. And this would go into if you've got a contract that's more than probably five years old, you definitely need to look at a review because the interest rates are at historical lows. And a lot of the companies are also going in and raising the cost of insurance on those existing contracts. So that means that the underlying place where your money is is more like a bank account that would play, pay interest, right? Normally, on the there's two types of universal, or actually there's four types of universal life insurance. There is basically guaranteed universal life insurance. It does not generate cash. I basically call it lifetime term. It's the cheapest way to guarantee your coverage for the whole extent of your lifetime. Now, if you want to maybe add some potential earnings to that, you use what's called a current assumption uh, universal life. And basically what that is is a little bit higher interest rate, but you as the insured actually take on the risk that at some point in time you may have to increase your premiums to keep the coverage to extend out to your uh, you know, eventual mortality. So 
I would say in the past probably three to five years, the number of current assumption contracts have been sold are probably at, in, honestly, a historic low. Um, the Probably the most prevalent universal life contract that's sold currently is index universal life. And basically what that allows the client to do is participate in an underlying index, whether it be the S&P 500 or whether it be the Morgan Stanley ETH index. In essence, the, the underlying index doesn't really matter, but what it allows the client to do is have the ability to chase a little bit better return. Uh, and normally the contract tends to have some sort of an underlying base guarantee. If the index earns nothing, your insurance company may give you one or two percent. That allows the client, hopefully, in this very, very low interest rate environment, to chase maybe a seven, eight, maybe nine percent return, depending on what the cap in that product would be. And the cap basically says, market might go up 21 year, you're capped at that nine percent cap. If the market were to go down 10 percent, you're going to have your guaranteed minimum interest rate, which would either be like a one or two. Some of the carriers are a little bit higher, but normally when you're looking at a higher interest rate than that, you're going to look at a very cost-intensive contract in terms of the cost of insurance. Um, the and does that build cash value, or is it just that you're <laughs> saving money ahead for when insurance costs get higher? It, if it performs how it is illustrated, it is one of the most common places that we use for executives, doctors, lawyers, attorneys that are capped in their 401ks or their qualified retirement plans to look at putting additional dollars for retirement. Uh, the nice thing is what it would allow a client to do is have a non-correlated asset versus what they're actually investing in the market. Most of the companies actually have a very favorable loan structure that will allow them to accelerate income over time. So you may end up you know, deciding I want $150,000 at mortality we have the right amount of coverage while you're actually needing it. And then what we do when we get, you know, a point in time, whether it be 65 or 70, we turn on the income stream. And the nice thing about that income stream, as long as the contract stays in force, it's non-taxable to the insured. So it really is a way to have an additional tool in having a client to have additional buckets of money that they can pull from. So it's a very powerful planning tool in that regard. We also use it for you know, executives doing buy-sell agreements, uh, deferred compensation. Uh, if you're trying to retain a key employee, it's a great way to do that. Um, the most complicated insurance, I hate to say, is probably variable universal life. And basically, it's the same concept as an indexed, but you actually are using accounts that are directly tied to the market with no underlying guarantee. So that puts... In essence, what the company is doing is putting the responsibility of the investment on the client, So, but it also has the ability to hopefully earn the client significantly higher returns. Um, in terms of companies, some companies have guaranteed uh, VULs. So you do look at some of the carriers that have that guaranteed universal life structure attached to a variable universal life chassis. So. You know, it really comes Does down. Does that mean they would have a floor and a cap? <laughs> no, actually, the way it's set up is there is a regulation that came out called AG38. And a lot of the carriers basically 
had to increase the reserve requirements on guaranteed universal life. Well, the loophole was it was not put in place on variable universal life. So a lot of the companies said, hey, we'll just add that guaranteed rider to the VUL. So in essence, you can still have a product with that guaranteed premium, but still have access to the market. So, but it really comes down to the sophistication of the actual client in terms of what client fits them best. Um, I hate to kind of coordinate off by ages, but if you're 50 and above, guaranteed UL tends to be a very competitive looking product. If you're doing a 1035 exchange from an existing contract that might be in trouble, and I will tell you, once again, if your contract's more than five years old, you need to talk to somebody about it. Because you, you're probably underfunding it. Well, you're probably underfunding it. The company could have raised the cost of insurance. They could have raised the internal um, administrative costs. And it's a letter. It's contractually in the contract. And it's a letter you probably got and you never opened. Or didn't know what it meant. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned a 1035 exchange. And just for our listeners, that's similar to a rollover you would have in a retirement account where you can move um, the money that's in the internal portion of the insurance company over to a new insurance contract without any tax liability at that point. Correct, correct. And what it allows you to do, there's numerous people, especially now that you can tell there's been a shift in the marketplace when you're looking at companies like Northwestern Mutual, which for the first time ever have raised their cost of insurance and lowered their dividend structure in one year. Wow. So you're talking about some significant forces at play, and it just brings, once again, I hate to say insurance is not set it, forget it. Your needs change, your wants change, your dreams change. Babies pop up you weren't expecting. I mean, <laughs> you know, there, there's... Let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. You can no, have actually, those. I'm, not, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've got plenty. Um, but honestly, there's... It just brings into play... It, it's You have to review these contracts because if you don't, I will tell you nine times out of ten, they're not doing what you expected. They're not doing as they were illustrated. And it may not be any fault of the actual agent that put you in the contract, it's the facts of the marketplace at present. So, but I mean, the nice thing about life insurance, if it's structured properly, it's going to make sure that those folks that you care about, we're not trying to kill everybody off, but if God forbid something were to happen, you want to make sure that, you know, your family is taken care of. And that's the whole goal about life insurance. I mean, there's no magic mojo to it, you know. People try to make it super complicated, and I can. It, it's not a great product to really talk about sometimes because who wants to talk about dying? It's not a fun conversation to have. I think that there's several different strategies that can be used with life insurance that actually benefit the insured person and while they're alive. So th- those have been some nice features that have been added to life insurance and, uh, more recently, trying to combine some of our needs into one product instead of having several products. And I know you're planning on during our discussions to go into some of those uh, advantages too. And then one that I'd like to bring up is when you uh, sign a contract for a life insurance policy, the death benefit on it is income tax free to the beneficiaries. So that's quite a lot of leverage if you think about that. Um, And it's a good program to understand whether your 
very young or as you get older, there's different types of insurance, as Chris mentioned, that are for specific circumstances and your insurance agent or your financial advisor can help you with those. I mean, one of the nice things that I will tell you is you're absolutely right when it comes to the multitude of uses that you can use for life insurance. I'll tell you one I've really put in play here recently because I work with a ton of retirees. And a lot of times they have needs and wants that they want to leave to either either kids or a foundation or a charity or whatever it may be. And they're worried about spending down, you know, too much of their assets to live on. So a lot of times what we're able to do is add an additional resource through using life insurance, not only to protect them from whether it be a long-term care type scenario, whether it be utilizing the portfolios too quickly. Basically, insurance is a safeguard. It's no different than homeowner's insurance. I don't want my house to burn down, but I definitely have homeowner's insurance. Everybody does. So it really comes into play that there's multitudes of reasons for looking at life insurance and consulting your advisor and doing a review is absolutely the best thing that you can do. Well, we're getting close to time for our break. I think one of the things that people forget about when they are doing a life insurance application is the insurance company has the right to turn you down. And so we can't just assume, well, I'm going to wait 10 years and then buy my life insurance. It gets much more expensive and you may have had some things happen to you over that period of time that could cause you to be uninsurable or insured at a very high cost that's not worthwhile to you. So that's another reason to look at it when you're younger and a lot for a lot of us it's also when we're supporting children and and other people who are relying on us for that income. Uh, We will be back after the break with Chris and he is going to cover uh, some more information about taxes, how that's impacted, and additional benefits that are available through life insurance. And we hope that they're triggering some ideas about insurance, if you have it or not, if you do have it, that you would like to get it reviewed. And if you don't, you should learn more about it. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355. Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. 
Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Hello, you're back with Debbie Peterson of Money Counts and Nicole Maloney, my partner, and Chris Essex, who is our guest speaker today. He's from Pinnacle Insurance, and he is helping us learn more about life insurance and its uses and a lot of other things that you probably didn't know, even if you own some. So hopefully he's going to give you some some good ideas about things that you would want to use life insurance for and how it can help you. He has materials uh, that he brought with him that we will have on our website for your review, either during the show or after. And our website is www.moneycounts.biz. And Chris, we're ready for you to continue your presentation. Great, great. I think one of the main benefits that's actually, I guess, not alluded to or not directly addressed with life insurance is the basic tax benefits that a client can use not only from having an asset that's not taxed at death. Um, Now, that is to say if you do have a very large estate and you do not have your assets in terms of life insurance positioned properly, then that life insurance could be taxable in your state. But normally, if you're under the federal limit, life insurance to a beneficiary is not taxable. Right. And that federal limit is in the millions of dollars right now. And I think it's five and a half, the new tax law they're talking about. 
potentially doubling that. So for most of us, we wouldn't have too much to worry about. Hopefully it is an issue for you. If not, then, I mean, we all have dreams to strive for. So that's a good thing. Um, but the nice thing is, is it allows you to have an asset that you can pass on that you don't have to worry about any sort of taxation upon it when you pass. You don't have to worry about it being an IRA asset. It's going to be taxable to the beneficiaries. It really allows you to have a planning tool that can honestly, let's say you have an 800, I mean, we all know that the majority of people's assets are in their qualified plans. Let's say you're looking at leave, you don't need that money. You're just going to take your required minimum distributions and you want to leave that to your children. Well, I hope you know that depending on what your tax bracket is and their tax bracket is, it's going to basically not be $800,000 when it gets to them. It could be two hundred, three hundred thousand $300,000 They owe the tax because you never paid it while you were alive. So <laughs> Uncle Sam is always going to get his. That's one thing when it comes to your qualified plans. That's right. Not to say that you shouldn't save in them, but uh, you definitely need to understand how they work and how they function and what you want that asset to do. Um, the other nice thing about life insurance, it allows you to accumulate money tax-free and potentially take it out tax-free as long as your life insurance program stays in force. Really, the only other asset that allows you to do such would be a Roth IRA. Um, and, you know, if you look at, let's say you're a, a middle-aged a uh, person in a good career. That means like 60 these days, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I was thinking more like 65 to 70 and still working. Um, but it allows you to accumulate an asset that potentially you could draw on pre-70 and a half where the government's actually going to come in and force you to start taking your qualified retirement plan. A lot of people think that they can put that money in a qualified retirement plan and let it sit forever. Uncle Sam wants his. He said, hey, we took care of you for enough years. Now it's time for you to take it out and spend it. So you need to really look at if you haven't put a roadmap in place in terms of how you would like to structure your money, how you want to spend your money during retirement, what you want to make sure is left for, whether it be a, your kids or a charity or a foundation. I mean, the, the nice thing about life insurance, it is one of the most powerful planning tools that you can use. And I can tell you in delivering numerous death claims, I've never had a conversation with anybody saying, hey, can you take some of that back? The conversation always is, is that all they have? And the funny thing is, most of those people had a very, very well-to-do financial advisor, but they didn't cover any of the protection arenas. Uh, I actually was working with a client uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were in talks to sue their mother's advisor because he had not mentioned long-term care, and they had eradicated most of her portfolio for long-term care purposes. So that, once again... You know, we've been basically structuring the conversation now around life insurance for somebody else. Um, the nice thing about life insurance, it can be for the living, too. And that's one of the most powerful things that you can bring in in terms of having. When we look at the different buckets of money that we can have, it is a great place to have non-qualified money 
that you can access, whether it be for college funding, whether it be for retirement planning, whether it be a kitty to buy that vacation home when you decide that you want to actually hang up the work shoes and move on. There's different things that you can put in play and structure with your advisor to make those dreams happen. Let's uh, mention what non-qualified money is because a lot of people aren't familiar with the lingo that we use in our business. But non-qualified money is simply any money that's not in a retirement account and you've already paid the taxes on most of it, but not maybe the earnings yet or any appreciation in the asset. Um, I think that's important. And you also mentioned a Roth IRA compared to an insurance policy. And there's a lot of restrictions on who can put money into a Roth based on what your income level is and whether you have other plans at work and things like that. Whereas if you're looking at using a life insurance policy and mimicking some of the benefits that a Roth has, there is much less restrictions on the amount of money that you can put in and other things of that nature that might make it a better fit for you. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at really for life insurance to be beneficial, the only thing that you never want to do is turn your contract into what's called a modified endowment contract. And basically what that does is you just removed all the good benefits of the taxation for life insurance. It's still non-taxable to your beneficiary, but if you take a withdrawal, you're going to be taxed on that. So you need to make sure, once again, it comes back to the thought, review your life insurance. Look and see what cash values it's got. Um, a, a great topic would be if you have a whole life contract, absolutely review it. We have worked with a ton of clients, actually not only getting them more insurance, also reducing premiums. And then, as you mentioned, one of the added benefits to life insurance that's come around recently is being able to add what we call living benefits. Um, and that could be, you know, we've got some contracts that have disability mixed in with them. We have some contracts that actually have long-term care mixed in with them. Um, we actually have um, one of the insurers in particular actually has a program to where they track if you work out and if you stay healthy, they will actually give you up to a 15% discount on your uh, life insurance. Um, so there's a lot of new things that are happening in life insurance because what insurance does company doesn't want you to be healthier so they have to wait to pay you longer. I mean, of course, they're for the insurance company. <laughs> right. But well, that's nice when they're on our side for a change. <laughs> They're trying to keep you alive. Um, but the nice thing is you can actually, some of the contracts have a feature on it, which is called, a, a lot of them call it a life enhanced accelerated benefit rider. We love our terms in the life insurance world. Um, but basically what it would allow you to do is access some of your death benefit before you actually pass. And it could be for long-term care, it could be for disability, and basically, a lot of the contracts, you get 2% of whatever your permanent face amount is. So if you've got a $250,000 contract, you'd have $5,000 a month potentially for long-term care. And a lot of the companies, you don't have to keep receipts like traditional long-term care. You don't have to do any of that. You go on claim. Your policy actually goes on waiver with the majority of the companies. And 
if you and your spouse want to go jet setting around the world not spending long-term care we don't care god bless so it really comes back to life insurance can be for the living if you structure it properly we also have some policies that include terminal illness um, as part of the benefits so you would be able to settle your estate um, before you passed away if you were diagnosed with an, um, an illness that uh, was you were expected to live less than a year or you might be able to use it for alternative medical treatments that might prolong your life uh, or you could just be just happy yeah, yeah. Or, or give it away to your children and grandchildren while you're still alive to see the benefit of it so there's you know it really is a very nice product and when you were talking about disability, there it's a disability waiver that happens if you're fully disabled, and there's, of course, criteria for that. But then the insurance company is funding your insurance policy for you, which is much different than if you're in a savings plan when you're in a 401k, because if you're disabled, you are not allowed to put any more money into your retirement plan. So that can really disrupt the whole plan that you started with. There's no way to get disability insurance on your 401k, but you can get it in your life insurance plan. And it's particularly beneficial when you're thinking of it like a Roth. Well, and you're exactly right. I mean, you bring up a wonderful point there. I mean, a lot of the plans that we do for um, professionals, executives, and the like, we actually do what's called a waiver of premium rider. And a lot of times we're actually overfunding those contracts. So let's say all of a sudden you do, uh, we killed you earlier, now we're getting you disabled. I apologize. <laughs> but wouldn't it be It was nice? Nicole, not me. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if the insurance company was funding that supplemental retirement plan for you while you're disabled? So, you know, really there's so many benefits you can add to life insurance that it's not just for the people that you leave behind, it can be for you. So you really have to go in, and, and I keep cementing this time and time again, if you have not reviewed your contracts, Get with somebody you trust, give them a review, order what's called an enforced ledger. And an enforced ledger basically will tell you, is your product performing the way you thought it was? And if you've got term insurance, well, guess what? You probably refinanced your home within the last couple of years because interest rates were low. And initially you bought that term insurance thinking you're going to pay it off five years ago. But now you got a new 30-year mortgage that you're looking at, but your payments are lower, but the debt's still there. So you really need to look at the goals, the thoughts that you put in place for having life insurance. And I hate to say it, you need it to grow with you. You need it to really, you know, it's just like I said, it's not a set it, forget it product. Hopefully your job situation has improved over time, things like that, if you're looking at income replacement. But I can remember years ago when we finally thought we had enough money to buy a life insurance policy. And we had asked, and this was back in the savings and loan days, we went to our bank and we 
asked for a $500,000 insurance policy, which we thought, oh my gosh, they'll never give us that much money, which was really too low, but we didn't know how to Mm -hmm. determine that. And then we got quotes and they gave us quotes on 10-year term and 20-year term. Well, the 10-year term was way cheaper. They didn't tell us at the end of that 10 years, if we wanted to get new insurance, we would have to requalify medically. And the premium was going to be much higher than what we would have paid for the 20-year policy. So depending on who helped you buy your policy, they may have assumed that you knew all those things. And that's one of the dangers of going online to get an insurance policy. They always say, oh, you don't have to deal with an agent. Well, the agent is your friend if they're doing their job properly. So you do want an agent to inform you of why one thing might work better in your situation than another. And you're... You're so right in that point, because I tell you time and time again, people want to go to the cheapest program they can. Well, it's cheap today, but let's say you bought a 15-year term, you're coming back, now you're 55, trying to rebuy it again. Well, your premium is probably two or three times what it would have been versus taking maybe a 10% higher premium to get to 20-year that you were looking at. So make sure you review your options. Just don't automatically settle on, oh, this is the price that I can afford today because hopefully, as you mentioned, your income improves. Your financial situation improves. Hopefully, you pay off a little bit of debt. And that will allow you, because you know, life insurance is not about being overextended. Life insurance is only as good as what you can afford. But what person, I mean, great example of myself, um, million dollar term when I bought it for 30 years was $34.54 a month. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Exactly. So, you know, don't always go for the cheapest program that you can get. Go for what fits your needs and even if it's a little bit of a stretch, five bucks beyond where you thought you wanted to be, but you get five or 10 years extra, definitely consider those options. Yeah, and I know we've all seen on the late night television shows where there's all these insurance applications, you know, call us at this number and we'll give you insurance, no questions asked. Well, first of all, the amount of insurance they give you is not very high. But secondly, the premiums relative to the amount of insurance, if there are no medical questions asked, there is a reason for that. They are charging you more than you would probably need to be charged So don't take the easy way out and um, do some research before you get into actually making a decision. And sometimes what we found is some of the um, associations for retired people, things like that, they have particular product sponsors that they like to work with, but that doesn't mean that you're getting the best deal for you. You want somebody who can represent multiple types of insurance who understands them and can explain to you what would be best in your situation. So we're coming up on our break and we will be back with you in just a few minutes. And uh, we're looking forward to you continuing to listen to us. Thank you. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355. Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Hello, this is Debbie Peterson with Nicole Maloney and Chris Essex, and our topic today is Understanding Life Insurance, and we will be continuing this also next week with a part two, and we hope you're learning some things that will be helpful for you. If you have questions, please contact us at mcradio at moneycounts.biz, and you can pick up the materials that we are uh, using in this presentation at our website, moneycounts.biz. So here we are back with Chris. Chris, before you get started, I have a question for you. Um, in the last segment, we were talking about all the riders and the benefits and um, making sure that you're talking with a professional to make sure you have adequate life insurance. What about for the folks who just have their normal group insurance through their employer? 
Um, that's so common today that you talk with a client and they think they're adequately covered, but they only gave you eight times your salary. How do they know that that's the appropriate amount and what should they be doing? I, that is exactly the case. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I'm covered. And I will tell you 95% of the time they're wrong. A uh, great example, like you mentioned earlier, you went to the savings and loan, tried to buy half a million dollars, which sounded like a huge number, but really it wasn't, and it's not. Um, back in the initial days when I started, you figure interest rates were four, five, six percent. So really what you want to look at is if you took that bucket of money and you invested it in a vehicle that you're comfortable with the returns on, how much would it take to get that person normally to a set state and time, whether it be to retirement, or whether it be to their mortality, how much money would that actually take in a lump sum to make sure that happens? And then you throw on, let's say you're a younger couple. Uh, great example, I had a client of mine that uh, was, uh, she cut my hair. And somehow or another, we started talking about what I did. And she was talking about her nationwide uh, guy had mentioned that they need to get life insurance. I said, well, great. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. How much are they looking at you getting? And they were doing 100000 on a husband and 50000 on her. And we started talking about income. Because what people normally forget in life insurance, it's not just about the debt. It's not about your mortgage. It's not about your car loans. It's not about your credit card. It's about little Timmy or little Sally being able to go to college. It's about, you know, you, if your wife's not working, it's her being able to, you want the people that you care about to be able to live like they were when you're here. Life insurance is not about making somebody rich. It's about providing the same standard of living that they have when you were here. And when you look at income, I mean, if you're 30 years old, you need 20 or 30 times your yearly income. But the problem you've got is if you're making 50 or $100,000 a year, the thought of having a million and a half or $3 million of coverage, it's, you can't even, you, you can't actually understand that concept. But you got to look at it from the standpoint of your earnings over your lifetime. That's the big key. Life insurance is not only about covering debt, and that's where I run into a lot of issues, and you're exactly right. You'll see a lot of people with, you know, a twenty-five dollars or $50,000 contract. Well, what honestly is that going to do? You figure an average funeral arrangements is anywhere between ten dollars to $15,000. Um, the average person has a car, car loans, probably anywhere between fifteen dollars to thirty dollars if you can get a car that cheap anymore. And then... Tack on a mortgage, and you're probably talking average mortgage in the areas anywhere from 150 to 300 thousand dollars. I mean, 50 thousand dollars is not even going to start to cover the normal way people live. So, you know, when you look at what your survivor needs, you need to look at, and I normally tell people you need to be looking at 50 to 80 percent of what your spouse earns minimum and then look at how many years it's going to be till they retire and that's the multiple that they need to be looking at so if your husband's making a hundred thousand dollars a year or your wife's making a hundred thousand dollars a year and 
I would look at sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year, and let's say they're thirty-five. That's thirty years to retirement. Well, that's two point one million dollars. And the reason why is you also have to look at how well that person is going to be able to go and actually invest those funds. I mean, like I said, when I started, interest rates were five, six percent. Take that money, go down to the bank, and I mean, you can live reasonably with a million bucks off of five, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. Now, you go down to my pot kettle savings institution, I'm not going to name any, but you're getting a half a percent to a percent most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. yeah. If you're lucky. Five to 10,000 is a, not a very good replacement for someone's working income. So, in essence, your checkbook is liquidating a lot quicker than it needs to be. And now I have heard a lot of people, well, I'm not going to leave my wife rich and she can run off with the pool boy. I've heard that before, <laughs> I too. I that all the time. <laughs> if that be the case, put your money in a trust and dictate how you're, and that's the other thing. Life insurance is one of the tools that you can actually add some pocketbook strings to. Um, great example, I've got a client, and I hate to say good people tend sometimes to have bad kids. So we've got one very responsible daughter. The other one's had some run-ins with substances and whatnot, we'll say. And so her money is going to be locked up with a trustee that's going to allow her to be able to live, care for her medical expenses, but she's not going to go out and waste it. Mm-hmm. So you can actually add some pocketbook strings. I'm going to kill you again from the grave to make sure that the folks that you care about use those funds responsibly. Um, let's say you're in a situation where one of the um, you know, people in the couple is very, very in tune with investments and the other one's not. I mean, you can tie that up and uh, name your financial advisor or your CPA as a trustee and have them dictate how those funds are used. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so many things that you can do to make sure that the people that you care about can actually take care of themselves. One of the other things that I think is really important is after someone has died, you don't want the pressure on the family to be that they have to make immediate decisions about where they're going to live and what's going to change. I call that buying time. You need at least enough insurance so that they have a year or more that they can restructure their lives. If you can't afford a really big policy, but you need to have something in place so that while you're at the funeral home, you are not worried about whether you're going to be making your mortgage payment the next month. And that's really important. So you can do a small amount, a big amount. You just want to understand how affordable it is for you and what the uses are. And if you can combine $1 into a life insurance policy and get multiple benefits from it, that's much less expensive than buying each of those benefits individually. Correct, correct. We used to use the uh, term back in uh, when I started called double duty dollars. So that would be life insurance mixed with cash value accumulation potentially for later use. Now we've got triple duty dollars. You can mix permanent life insurance coverage, cash value accumulation, and then also living benefits with it, such as long-term care or disability. So the products are evolving 
because guess what? People are living significantly longer than what they have. Um, when I started in the business, the average mortality table for men was 73 and females was 77, 78. Now we're at 83 and 88. So the tables are actually improving. And what that does for an insured, that actually lowers your cost of insurance too. So if anything, I took a client that we had written no more than two years ago, products had actually come down in cost, we reapplied, her health status had not changed, we actually reduced her premium by almost 30%. So it once again brings into play, if you have not done a review with your advisor, bring it in. And if your advisor is only managing your investments, I hate to say, find a new one. Because nine times out of 10, there are other avenues that you need to make sure that you and your family are protected from. Everything's not always hunky-dory. I mean, I hate to say we're in probably one of the best bull markets we've ever been in history. How long it's going to continue, I don't know. So having these potential non-correlated assets could be a great benefit over time. So don't think as life insurance about, hey, this is just for somebody else when they pass. This could be for you too while you're here. It can protect your assets. It can help you dictate how your assets are passed on. There's so many things. And it's protected from creditors in many states, which it can be helpful. There, there are a lot of uses for it, and single people can take advantage of those living benefits as well as married people or people with families, so that's important to know. I think we've covered a lot of different ideas about life insurance just getting started here. We are planning to continue this conversation at our next um, radio show, and we hope that you'll be able to listen to that one, too. Remember that we are available on demand at either voiceamerica.com or on our website, moneycounts.biz. And if you would like be interested in learning about other topics or learning more about what we've covered here, you can contact us at mcradio at moneycounts.biz. We would really like to hear from you and see if you're enjoying the series. Our purpose is to help you learn more about things that most of us have heard about or even products that you own, but you may not have thought about them in quite a while or the person that you worked with may have been focused on just one area, which you mentioned. A financial planner is different than an investment manager, and a lot of times we mix those terms up. So, um <coughs> We, Excuse me. <laughs> Nicole's having a cough. <laughs> so we hope you'll join us next week as we continue our discussion on understanding life insurance. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential. Be sure to join host Debbie Peterson again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of our show. 
Opinions expressed with those of the speaker and are not endorsed by the named broker, dealer, or its affiliates. All information has been prepared solely for informational purposes and is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. Certain statements offered are forward-looking, including but not limited to statements that are predictions of or indicate future events, trends, plans, or objectives. Undue reliance should not be placed on such statements because by their nature, they are subject to known and unknown risks and uncertainties. The information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities that are offered through registered representatives of Summit Brokerage Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Summit Brokerage Services, Inc. and Summit Financial Group, Inc. are separate and unrelated to any other named entity. Debbie Peterson is a registered investment advisor located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number is 704-315-5623. 